of Mark's Takes Sports Radio exclusively on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you're not already, be sure to hit that follow button and rate five stars. It is much appreciated, and let's get into the episode. This is Mark's Takes Sports Radio. All right, so first off, let's talk about the New York Mets. The Mets finished their West Coast road trip 5-5, five and five, which is really fantastic. And I think anybody, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that anybody will take 5-5 five and five out there in the gauntlet of the West Coast road trip. Late games, it was exhausting. I, I put my hand up and I say that it was, it literally felt like it was a year, a year, like, and I went to three of the games, four of the games, and it was, it literally felt like it was a year long, and it was, it was like two weeks or something, like, it was less than two weeks, I believe, it was like a week and a half, and it was like, it was literally like a week, pretty much, a week and a half, it literally felt like a year had gone by, and I'm like, this is not normal, like, I think it's just, like, the gauntlet of the, of the, uh, the West, but it was, I think, you know, I'm happy with five and five, I think, you know, there was a lot of, not like a lot of things, but the injuries were not great, and, uh, who who was it? It was you know Pete got hurt. Luckily he missed you know one game. The dude is made out of steel. You know you have to remember he also when he got into that horrible car accident he came out pretty much without a scratch and he kicked open his front windshield to get out of the car. I mean the dude is like he is tough. He's really tough and I respect it. You know his his um his uh his hand like still looked pretty swollen and I was like I I respect this a lot like so he missed one game and then Martin missed I think missed three games so it was tough it's never it's never fun to get hit with the, hit with the injury bug with your two like some of your two best hitters um in the middle of you know a very daunting road trip and it kind of hurt us a bit in, in uh San Diego just you know dropping those two games in pretty ugly fashion. One of them we lost 7-0, the other was like 13-2, something pretty bad. But, you know, it's, morale was a bit low, and luckily they were able to grab two out of three from the Angels and finish, you know, 5-5. Five and five. One thing that I will say about the Angels uh, game, I was able to go to one of the Angels games, and... One thing I will say, and I, I and I will admit, any single day of the week, I have never been more scared watching a lineup than I was watching Mike Trout and then Otani come up. Luckily, Trout didn't play Friday, so the Mets were were able to win on Friday. Otani didn't play Sunday. He was actually about to bat, but then um, Diaz. Uh, like struck out the side, so he he was like gonna bat in the in the bottom of the ninth. But um anyway, so Trout didn't play on Friday. Saturday they both played. Trout batted second and Otani batted third. And I can't remember, I think it was Walsh was a Mets killer. It was either Marsh or Walsh. I get them confused because it's like the same name, you know? And 
And, you know, so it's a... I get them confused, but one of them was a noted Mets killer this weekend, was hitting bombs and, and you know, hitting RBIs and everything. But it was one, two, three. It was, it was those three. And I, you know, I, I seen the... Do- I watched the Dodgers series. I watched the Padres series. I had never been more scared than I than facing those three. I was, like, genuinely terrified of those three in that order and it's it's almost like statistically impossible to strike all of them out or like get like it's basically statistically impossible to go one two three with them like I think every single time when I was watching one of them got on base at least one of them hit you know an RBI or a home run or just you know got a hit but like it was I think it's like almost statistically impossible to go one, two, three with that order. I mean, Trout is the best player ever. And then you have Otani, it's like it was crazy. It, it, like honestly, like I don't really mind the Angels as a team. They're kinda like irrelevant to me. Growing up in LA, it was always Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. The Angels technically don't even play in Los Angeles. They play in Anaheim, which is about an hour from from LA and it's in Orange County and they're kind of like the Clippers, you know, of of the MLB. They're like the little brother team, but it adds an extra factor when they don't even play in LA. You know, at least the Clippers play in LA and currently, you know, for the next couple of years do share a stadium until they move to their new stadium. The Angels are kind of just like no one really cares. They're just kind of, you know, out there. You know, they're just out there in Anaheim and they mind their own business and they have decent seasons, but they never make the playoffs and everybody says, oh, Mike Trout, another year wasted. And I kind of was on that wave, but I had a very enjoyable experience at Angel Stadium. If you're ever in Los Angeles and like you want an experience, like a baseball experience, Dodger Stadium is great. It's historic, but it is a shithole, okay? It's a shithole. The parking is a mess. The walk up there is a mess. The drive is a mess. It, you know, if you've never been there, it's on an it's on an elevated hill. And, you know, you get to Dodger Stadium, and then you have to go up this, like, elevated hill to, to, to like, park. And it takes about, like, 30 minutes to just get up that hill. Plus, like, the hour that it took you to get to Dodger Stadium so it's just kind of a it's not a great experience and every single time I'm there wearing Mets gear you know I get I get yelled at you know a lot whenever I'm at the oh first when I when I was at the Angels game it was majority I would say like 50 50 Mets fans there were so many Mets fans they were crazy there were so many Mets fans and but even the Angels fans, you know, didn't really care that much. Like Dodgers fans are obnoxious, they're annoying, and it's just not the most enjoyable experience at Dodgers Stadium. But Angel Stadium is great. So if you're ever in Southern California, I highly recommend going to Angel Stadium um, and checking out Petco Park in San Diego is also amazing. I've never been there personally, but I've only heard good things about it. But yeah, so Mets five and five, I think. Like I said, injury is never great. The one thing that concerned me, I think, was the pitching from Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett's a dude. He was killing it at the beginning of the season, like a two ERA. He was killing it, especially in City Field. Like he was absolutely killing it, and you know he was killing it. And I was like, okay, this guy's like a great fourth pitcher, third pitcher, you know, depending on health and stuff. 
and then he I think it was when we were in San Francisco but he really started to stink it up and I think this started when we were in San Francisco and you know we had that Sapucky guy pitching and the pitching was very thin but this is like when Max went down and Bassett you know with everybody going down is technically like our number one guy with you know well McGill's back but when McGill was out and Max was out and DeGrom was out it's like Bassett bro you gotta step up and ever since that you know ever since that time when Bassett really needs to step up he's done the complete opposite he's had a seven ERA he's uh, he's allowed it's been like a batting practice every single time he pitches and it's been it's been very weird you know and he he was very strong in the beginning of the of the season saying I don't care who you are I don't care what you've done I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna you know strike you out and he's done pretty much the opposite in the past month or so and I don't know if it's really a cause for concern quite yet, but he got lit up, I think. He got lit up, you know, in San Diego, got lit up in L.A., and it's been a little bit, it's been weird, you know. It's been very weird because uh, he was very consistent. He had, like, I think he had one of the lowest starting ERAs uh, at the beginning of the season, and now, I don't know, maybe he's just come, come maybe he's just come, down to earth I'm not I'm honestly not sure but you know I think it's I, I would say the concern level is like maybe a five or a six like nothing like crazy where I'm like freaking out about it you know but it's not been great Pit, the other pitching's been all right I feel like you can just never really know what you're gonna get Carlos Carrasco overall has been decent. He um, had a bad night in Anaheim, but he was awesome in San Diego. He was dealing. He was dealing in L.A. So he's been overall very good. I've been very impressed with him, and the turnaround from last year is, is basically night and day with him, minus that Anaheim start. But overall, you know, overall I think he's had a pretty good season. Uh, Tywon Walker's also been pretty decent. And so I think with the two of them, you know, they're not to have them at the back of the rotation when healthy is amazing. You know, they are, you know, really good back of the rotation pitch pitchers. And I'll I'll have that any day. Also want to shout out Trevor Williams um, because he he you know, he he was asked to start and um, was asked to start and he had a terrific start in um, L.A against the Dodgers, and I just want to say, like, obviously he's not really, he's not a starting pitcher, he, he would be really good in the bullpen, or in, like, you know, just, he just needs to, to stay with the relievers and in the bullpen, because he just, like, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't amazing, but he wasn't horrible, like, he just did, he just did perfectly the right amount of good stuff, where I was like, okay, you got the job done today, and I'm just overall very happy that the West Coast trip is over. The only reason I like it as a West Coaster, if I'm being honest, is because I like the idea of them being here. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, they're staying in West Hollywood, and that's super close, you know? Like, that's literally, like, so close to, you know, that's literally, like, so close to, uh, to me, you know? So it's like, they're in they're you know we're in, we're in the same city and I'm like I am obsessed with that because you know being a West Coast Mets fan 
there's a bit of a disconnect, I would say, when, you know, there's a disconnect when you're a, a, a fan of a team that's 3,000 miles away. Like, I'll watch the games at 4 o'clock here on SNY, on MLB 6-6, and, like, it's fine, but, again, there's a bit of a disconnect, and I know that there's a lot of us, you know, there's a lot of West Coast Mets fans who are out there, but I don't know, some, there's just a, a little disconnect. I can't wait to get out to City Field in July and hang out and, and go to as many games as possible. I was looking at tickets, you know, and they're pretty cheap for pretty much every game. Then I looked at the Subway Series tickets. Wow. To sit in basically the last row of City Field for the Subway Series was about $400. To sit in the top, top section was about $400. I said, I couldn't believe that. I really, I really could not believe that. And I was a little shocked because I was like, maybe I'll go sit in like the top, top, top row. You know, I just want to be there for the experience. You know, these are some of the two best teams in the MLB. And I just want to be there for the experience. No, like five hundred dollars to sit in the in the in the top section, the five hundred section of City Field, and then you know if if I go to any other game, it's ten bucks. It's crazy, um, but yeah. So let's get into our MLB power rankings and finish off our MLB segment, reading the power rankings um, because you know I think there was a bit of a shakeup. So first off, no surprise, we have the we have the Yankees at number one. Yankees are playing really good baseball, you know, really good baseball right now. And oh, let's go to MLB.com. Those are usually the best. So Yankees, number one, 44 and 16. Pretty crazy that they are almost 30 games above 500. I'm not going to sit here, you know, and, you know, obsess over, you know, I'm not going to sit here and obsess over, um, I'm not going to obsess over the Yankees. Like, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and obsess, but they are playing good baseball, and Aaron Judge is a good baseball player at the end of the day, and they are 44 and 16. They're five to one. They're five and one to win the World Series, and you know they. I know Chicago does suck, but they did outscore them 28 to five over the weekend. One of the games was like 18 to three. It was crazy. 18 to four. It was an 18 to four route, and um. Yeah, so they lead the they lead the majors in home runs, you know. And for me, it's really the ERA that's that's crazy. They have such low ERA. Their starting pitching is really good. I know we like to slander Jared Cole, and you know he has his stinkers, but you know Nasty Nestor has been dealing. Their pitching has been good, and you know they're playing good baseball. Number two is the Mets. Oh yeah, New York. We baseball runs through the Big Apple right now, and then so they are number two, and then we have the Dodgers as number three. They had an abysmal, abysmal week. They got swept by the Giants. They're two and four. They they were two and four last week. Got swept by the Giants, and they only scored. Uh, I think they only scored four runs and three losses in San Francisco. And the Padres are right there. I mean, the Padres are one game back, I believe, on the on the Dodgers. They're right there. Padres are solid. They think they have an easy schedule coming up. Dodgers taking on the Angels here in, in, uh, in L.A. I'm going to be going to one of those games. Should be fun. It's always a, a good time. 
Dodgers, Angels. Um, and then number four, Padres. You know, they had a good week last week, and uh, they won four straight and seven of eight, including some against the Mets, which is painful. Um, but, yeah, and then we have the uh, Astros always playing good baseball. And the rest of the field is Blue Jays at six, Cardinals at seven, Braves. Braves are, you know, Braves are, they've arrived, except for the fact that they are playing cupcake teams. The, the Mets, you know, the Mets lead did shrink significantly, you know, significantly over the West Coast trip. It went from, it's basically split in half from 10 to 5. But, you know, 10 to 5. But, um, you know, the Braves are playing, they play the AAA Oakland A's. And then they played, you know, the, uh, who was it? The Pirates. So, like, yeah, you're you're the defending champions. Like, you're supposed to you're supposed to win these games, okay? And now they're playing the Nationals, so they have the biggest cupcake schedule right now of all time. The Mets just finished, you know, West Coast gauntlet, and they're still up five and a half games. I'll take that any day, and there will be a you know a time this season when the Braves are playing a really tough schedule and the Mets are not. So you know, let's just sit back, relax. It's June. There's no need to you know stress out and bite your fingernails. You know that time will come, but for right now. You know, just enjoy some summer baseball and have some fun. You know, summer is all about watching baseball. Obviously, it is a stressful time a bit, but, you know, it, it's overall overall supposed to be fun. And, you know, come September, I hope that the Mets are playing. I hope that the Mets are playing serious, serious September baseball. And, yeah, so now let's transition to talking about Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Alright, NBA. <clears throat> Warriors take Game 5. They have a 3-2 series lead in the NBA Finals. And they are one win away from an NBA championship. Interesting game here. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to be a part of that NBA rigged crowd. But there were definitely some questionable calls. Uh you know, during the game that make that make me think this will be going to seven no matter what. For the ratings, for the money, for everything. I'm about to tweet that Aisha Curry thing that says, I'm so sorry, this is definitely rigged for ratings or views and I'm sorry I just watched it live. That tweet was you know, little did we know at the time, it was very, very prevalent. And yeah, so kind of an interesting game because the uh Steph was really bad. He was seven for twenty two from field goal from field goal range and he was oh for nine from three. Oh for nine. This this must be like a streak or something broken where he doesn't make a three in a playoff game. He was oh for nine. He only had sixteen points. The leading score for the Warriors was Andrew Wiggins with twenty six points, but he also he also was 0 for 6 from 3. He was just 12 for 23. He was just hitting a lot of two-pointers and layups. And Clay Thompson, you know, was 5 for 11 from 3 points. So it's like basically polar opposites. And But I have no doubt in my mind that this will be going to 7. And, you know, th- this is a... I feel like these teams are very evenly matched. And... It's going to go back and forth, and it will go to seven, is is my guess. And 
you know, NBA rigged, as, as they like to say. And a Game 7 is a lot of money in the bank. It's cha-ching, you know, it's a lot of viewers. And a Game 7, you know, in San Francisco, Father's Day, cha-ching. A lot of people sitting on their couch doing nothing, cha-ching. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of... A lot of money. I just see those dollar signs flowing down on Adam Silver because Game 7, money. Anyways, so this game is interesting because, like, the 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 Warriors were up, you know, big. And then they kind of started choking in the third quarter. And they're supposed to be, like, a really good third quarter team. But then the Celtics, like, took the lead. They were up by, like, five or four. And it looked like, oh, my God, the Warriors are actually going to do the same thing that they did in uh, in game one. You know, it, it was literally the same thing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm literally having deja vu watching this right now. And uh, I was like, oh, God. You know, it's tough. I was like, if the Warriors lose this game, it's over. You know, no way they're going to lose in TD Garden. No way the Celtics lose uh, in TD Garden. But, you know, the Warriors, they're good. But I think I think obsessively praising them is a bit unnecessary. Like, they're, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. But they're, this is not, like, one of the greatest teams, you know. They're they're a very good team. But we don't need to do obsessive praising you know, no, no drooling over this team. You know, they're, they're, they're a very good team, and that's what I will say. But it, you know, they do do this thing where they go up, and then they kind of start choking, and they start not rebounding, not scoring, settling for really bad threes. And you know, it's, uh, it's tough. But Tatum, let's check Tatum's stats. I don't like to necessarily like, you know, read stat watch. Tatum was pretty good tonight. It was the it was his co-star Jalen Brown who was atrocious. Was five for eighteen. It's not. It's pretty bad. He was over five from three and only had eighteen points. You got for for the Celtics to win, they both need to score twenty five plus. Okay, they're a duo. They both need to score twenty five plus. Marcus Smart had twenty. Tried to carry a little bit of the load, but really couldn't. And so I'm kind of blaming a bit of Jalen Brown, but their bench was also anemic. Peyton Pritchard, zero. He put up big zeros. He had he was zero, zero for three in field goals, zero for three in three-pointers, one rebound, zero assists, and zero points. Derek White was 0 for 4 from field goal and 0 for 3. He had one point. The bench was horrific for the Celtics. I mean, I do blame Jalen Brown a little bit, but at the same time, Grant Williams, 3 points. You know, Derek White, 1 point. Payne Pritchard, 0 points. That's kind of the story of the game right there is that bench is horrific. Tatum, not a bad game. 27 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. I'm not. I'm not putting any blame on him. I'm putting blame on that bench. And then you know the Warriors. Like I said, they're a good team, but we're not going to sit here and drool. Over, you know, we're not going to sit. We're not going to sit here and drool and say this team is one of the greatest teams of all time. You know, we, people were saying that 2016, 2017. You know, we're not going to do that. You know, they're all very. They're you know Steph Curry is one of the best out there, but you know it's really the consistency and. It's definitely it's definitely hitting me now that you know it's definitely it's definitely hitting me now that Andrew Wiggins 
you know, his chances of being an NBA champion are really high, and that's really scary to me. And he's gonna, he might get a ring before Jimmy Butler. He's gonna win a chip before Jimmy Butler, and something about that just doesn't really sit right with me. But you know, it's I'm kind of blaming that Celtics bench. God, that is horrific. I I've been kind of, you know, I kind of do other things while I'm watching the game. You know, I kind of like look and look at the score. Like I'm not sitting here glued to my TV because I a part of me does not really care about the NBA Finals this year. And you know, I was I was talking about it. Why don't I care about the NBA Finals this year? Well, I finally figured it out. It's because there's no one for me to aggressively hate watch. And there's nobody for me to aggressively troll. And because of that, it's not that enjoyable. And it's it's kind of a bummer, I know, because, like, do I really need someone to hate watch to feel, to, like, have enjoyment? And a part of me is like, yeah, unless my team is not really, isn't unless my team is not in it, I need to find somebody you know, to hate on. Last year was Chris Paul. Duh. I mean, I was I was putting up a triple-double hating that dude every single game. And, you know, watching him choke was... It was a movie. That was a movie, watching him blow a 2-0 lead. Same with this year. That was a movie. The year before, it was LeBron. And, you know, LeBron did win, but it doesn't even count because it was in the Mickey Mouse bubble. The year prior to that, I hated the Warriors. Hated, hated, hated because I hated Kevin Durant. I didn't like his move to the Warriors. It, it was all we all know it was soft. I hate the Warriors, and they lost. But it was a bit injury prone that year, obviously. But you know, Kawhi put on a show, and I was happy. But I was I was hate watching the Warriors. I did like to see their downfall that year, 2018. Boring, you know. Who no one likes a sweep in the NBA Finals. 20, 2017, 16, 17, 18. All hated the Warriors. I just wanted them to fail. When the Cavs won the chip. There was a there was a tear coming. There was a tear rolling down my eye because I was so happy to see them fail. And then before that, it was the Miami Heat. Heat, heat, heat. Hated the Heat so much. I was so happy to see them fail. The Ray Allen three pointer still haunts me. And 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 any time before that it was the Lakers. So you know it's been a long streak of hate watching. And maybe it's just me me maturing. But I don't care. I don't I don't mind Steph Curry. I don't mind Jason Tatum. I don't mind Jalen Brown. But I also get this feeling where it's like, this just doesn't really feel like the NBA Finals to me. Maybe I'm older now, and Jason Tatum and I are very close in age, and I'm so used to watching, like, old guys like Dirk, you know, in the NBA Finals, and, you know, um, Tony Parker. And, like, that was kind of like the peak of my NBA Finals, you know, as a kid and a teenager. So now it's like Jason Tatum is basically my age, and you know Jordan Poole, I think we're in the same. I think technically we're in the same grade. If I'm, if I'm, you know, he's actually. I think he's older than me. He might be a year older than me, but I don't. It like, let's see. He's 22. I'm 22. He's four months older than me. So it's like stuff like that. I'm like that's just absurd, and it's bizarre. So, but NBA NBA's a little rigged. You know, I'm I'm getting NBA I'm getting NBA rigged vibes from this game seven. I, I almost want to put it in the books. Put it in the books for Game 7, Sunday night. Cha-ching. I can see the money flowing out of Adam Silver's pockets. But, you know, it's not over for the Celtics. They just they need a win. You know, it's a best of three. got to win two. And you're down 1-0 right now. You know, it's a best of three. 
you're down one zero, win the next two. You know, it's not impossible. It's not impossible to win a game seven on the road. Look at look at LeBron. Um, but you know, this was Warriors regaining, you know, regaining home court. It's tough, but again, I'm not going to sit here and drool over this Warriors team. I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to, you know, do obsessive praising because they don't really deserve it. They're a good team, but they're not a fantastic, you know, amazing team, and I'll give them their flowers, you know, if they do win the championship, and I'll celebrate them, and congratulations again, and dynasty talk, whatever. But right now, and it's just like, I'm like, I watch this team, and I'm like, there's nothing that special, you know, there's nothing that special, and yeah, so anyways, that's kind of where I'm at with the finals, I'm kind of taking it, I just don't, you know, it's also like, why is there so many days in between, it's like, the game is on Monday, and now we have to wait till Thursday, and then if there's a game seven, it's on Sunday, it's like, why, the Stanley Cup is every three days, or every two days, it's just a bit excessive, and it's just like, what are we supposed to do for three days? Just like twiddle our thumbs? It's a lot. But uh, quick quick puck talk, you know, quick puck talk. Go Avalanche. Go Avalanche all the way. And I was, an, I was a New York Rangers fan for approximately three weeks. And I can confirm that I was absolutely devastated. Devastated to see those Rangers lose. And... I will be rooting hard for the Avalanche. I don't want a team to three P. Why would I? I would never want that. And I, you know, screw the Lightning. I'm a two week long Ranger fan, and I'm heartbroken. So because of that, you know, I will be rooting hard for the Colorado Avalanche. This is about the only time I watch NHL, and I'm excited. I'm gonna root hardcore for them. I don't know anything about them, but I know that they're good. I know they're a good team. They're they're fa- they were favored minus one ninety to win the series. And uh, I might I might put a little series bet in. We'll see. You know, if you have a good series bet, please send me one. And uh, I will check it out. So that's going to do it for me and Mark's Take Sports Radio. I will catch you guys next week for the NBA Finals recap where we have an NBA champion. Talk more baseball, power rankings, etc. Again, if you aren't following, be sure to hit that follow button and rate five stars if you can. All right. Have a great rest of your day. I'll see you guys next week.